Welcome to the All or Something Living Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Kepler, and this podcast is all about ditching black and white thinking and exploring the gray areas of health, happiness, and everything in between. If you're ready to feel empowered and inspired, then let's get to it. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 79 of the All or Something Living Podcast where I'm going to teach you how you can do hard things and how to speak up in times of controversy and divisiveness in our country. So I had recorded a podcast earlier this week on Monday on everything I felt about this topic, but I never posted it or never published it because honestly, I stumbled through it. And that's partly because I still had a lot to learn, and honestly, I still do, but I was just coming off of the weekend full of emotions and not really in my right state of mind. And it was also partly because I still had some fear around speaking up about this topic. And if I'm being honest, I still have fear. I just feel like through educating myself and um, facing my feelings around everything, I've been able to build up more courage to speak more openly about it. So along with you can do hard things, I say you will also be afraid often when you feel hard things. And being courageous, and courage is not the absence of fear. It means feeling the fear and being able to move forward despite your feelings of fear and discomfort. So, oh man, last week I felt overwhelmed with emotions and feelings, um, especially after the news of George Floyd came out and I just felt like it swallowed me whole. Um, and on Monday I felt like I had come back with a vengeance, but then I quickly became re-overwhelmed about how much I still didn't understand, especially being away from it all for the weekend and not seeing how people were truly feeling on social media. And I was also terrified of the backlash of speaking out, especially the backlash that I knew I would receive from certain family members who I have a way of wanting to seek approval from. And, you know, in a lot of cases, that's my biggest fear of speaking out, of knowing who's watching, especially on Facebook. I have a lot of family. I have a lot of older people um, who haven't quite dug into these topics very much and still feel very much threatened and afraid of them themselves. So, um, so yeah, I, I allowed that to just put me on a temporary pause so I could sit back and actually listen and see what comments were being made and listen to both sides of the story and go off and do my own research and start reading and um, and finding ways that I can support the cause of what's really going on. And again, I'll get further into it throughout this episode because, as I said, this episode is teaching you how you can do hard things, but using an example of something so prevalent and so current to us. So here are two things that I have learned. There are so many things I've learned this week, but two things come to the front of mind right now. So because of my history with depression, I was afraid that facing the truth of everything going on and feeling the feelings would spiral me into a deep depression that I wouldn't be able to come out of. And honestly, I was especially afraid because I... I used to feel sad and 
Um, I used to feel a lot of heavy emotions because I'm a very passionate person and I I consider myself to be an empath. I'm also a highly sensitive person. So I feel things on such a deep level. And before I really understood what that meant, what any of those terms meant and how it impacted me as a person, I didn't know how to be responsible with my feelings and to recognize the emotions and how they impacted me and how to how to navigate all of that. And so I spent a lot of time feeling depressed and feeling down for, I I felt down and sad and upset more than I felt good. And so every time that those feelings start to come back, those um, very familiar feelings, I start to be afraid. Oh my gosh, what if I go back into that place? What if I do fall back into a depression that I can't get out of myself out of? Like, what am I going to do? I'm so afraid to go to the, back to that place that sometimes I bypass the feelings and emotions that I'm not sure that I can handle. And even, you know, if I go more than a day feeling heavy emotions, that's when it starts to scare me. And that happened to me last week. I went honestly through the entire weekend from probably Wednesday through Sunday, just feeling so deeply and crying so much. And I got to the point where I felt like I couldn't even get out of bed. I feel like I'm losing my voice right now. And here's what I learned from that experience, because on Sunday, first of all, I let myself take a break from social media to take a step back from everything that was going on so I could recharge and not just let it beat me down over and over and over again. And also to like step back and process everything that was going on. I allowed myself to rest, take naps, not feel guilty about it, not feel guilty about distancing myself from the world for the time being. And on Sunday... I was still feeling the heaviness in the morning and then I took a nap with Jason and during that nap I had like visions, thoughts, dreams and I just woke up and that's where I felt the clarity that I was ready to get back into the conversation on Monday morning. Now the other thing that I learned, because I'm reading Untamed by Glennon Doyle, and she was talking, she was sharing an example of how she was... um, Something had happened to her where she was feeling something really deeply and her kid came into the room to check on her and um, she had said, or she just didn't feel ready to, like she was, you know, curled up in a ball and just like crying in her room and and um, her kid asked her wife, like, is mommy okay? And her wife said, yeah, mommy's okay. She's just going through the feelings right now. She needs some time to feel it. And when she comes out of it, she will do something amazing with it. Um, And so what that meant to me was that sometimes it takes more than just a few hours or a few days to really face something and feel something. And that doesn't mean that you're going to be stuck in that place forever, but allow yourself the time and the process to be able to work through it and recognize that you will come out of it and that you will be able to do something about it once you come out of it, whether that be you take the information and use it in a way that um, creates positive change in your life or the lives of others. But just know that there, and if you're still in that place where you are prone to depression or um, not prone to depression, but you get depressed a lot and you, or you're sensitive and you don't exactly know what to do with it, then I recommend learning how to deal with it first um, and definitely seeking help whenever you need. 
I will reach out to people that know this part of me. I will ask for help. I'll ask my fiance for support. And again, that's why I practice so much self-care to be able to nurture myself as I'm feeling the things that I do. So again, I came back Monday and then I went back into the darkness for a little bit. And that's really just been my week this week is coming in and out of the feelings of I've had a lot of um, definitely adrenaline spikes and I at moments feel that my nervous system is shot, but then I remind myself to restore and to breathe and to open up my eyes and my heart and, and recognize that um, that it's okay for me to see everything that's going on without feeling the need to feel it all on a personal level. Um, I'm working on finding a balance between the two things. So the second thing that I learned is that it's okay and it's normal to be uncomfortable when you're facing heavy issues such as this one, such as the state of our nation, which again, I'll get into. Um, and, and also recognize that it might create a wedge between you and your family. And that's been, that's always the hardest part for me because I am such a family person and I fucking love my family so much. Um, but I recently lost touch with my sister based on another family conflict. And here I am so afraid to speak out because I'm afraid to also lose my brother because of this. Um, but I've had to come to terms with the fact that, um, it might happen and, and if it does, so be it. For me, I've chosen to live life a life of integrity, and that means that I follow my heart and what I feel is right, which means that I will fight for equal rights of my soon-to-be husband and his son, no matter what the cost is. So I've had to mourn a few things. Like I said, I've had to mourn the fact that I might lose friendships and relationships and people that I deeply respected out of this, and that also life will never be the same. And that's been hard for a lot of us to wrap our minds around as well. That COVID, just this whole year of 2020, COVID, first of all, was something that we had to adjust to. And now this, and it's easy to want to deny it or push it away because it feels like, man, I don't want to change my whole life. And so if you do feel that way, give yourself some time to grieve, to mourn for what the past was and, and to even possibly recognize that you took it for granted. I know that's been the truth for me and recognize that because you took it for granted going forward, you will vow to really learn to appreciate the things that you have and the privileges that you own and, um, and the, and the life that you live. So if you're also someone, this is a side note, if you're someone who's been oppressed by members of your family or people that you are close to, Um, I know that this has definitely been the case for me. You've been taught that women are supposed, aren't supposed to be aggressive or assertive. I was raised in a family that was taught that women should be in the kitchen and be, um, be supported by our husbands. And, and, you know, both my brother and my dad have shared very open sentiments about how they feel women shouldn't stand up for themselves or be assertive or aggressive or be a certain way. Um, So if you feel that way and it's kept you from really speaking your mind and it's kept you from or it's caused you to be a people pleaser throughout your life, just know 
that there are so many women out there who are going to support you in your transition to becoming a fuller version of yourself. I am one of those women that will help you because I know firsthand how scary it is to recognize and admit that I don't see the world, I don't see life the same way as the people who raised me or the town that I was raised in. And now I have to break away from those people and separate myself from them. And I vowed to myself this morning that I will no longer silence myself to keep others more comfortably comfortable, sorry. I will, I'm going to say things bluntly when it's necessary and deal with the aftermath of, of all of that as I go, because I'm so tired of trying to be sweet and say things perfectly in the right way so that I don't offend or trigger anyone, because sometimes being triggered or offended is a good thing. It can break you apart and force you to put all, to put yourself back together piece by piece which causes you to examine all those pieces as you do so. I can't tell you how many times I have made a massive change in my life based on somebody saying something that in the moment felt triggering or offensive or hurt my feelings. And I'm honestly thankful to those people for having the courage to say something to me and maybe in a not-so-nice way, but in a way that I needed to understand. Sometimes we need that shock value of somebody just not trying to sugarcoat anything, but just saying, yo, this is how it is, and letting us deal with the aftermath of that. So with the state of our nation, which is police brutality, especially geared toward black people, and that's been going on for a long time, racist policies that have been upheld by lawmakers and the people in power, um, you know, those are hand in hand, which are a majority white cisgender males, the wrongful killing of George Floyd, which was the last straw and has caused an uproar and led to protests in every single state. Uh, And these protests have also involved violence and looting. So now here we are again, a country divided. And it feels like right now more than ever, I was, when I was laying in bed this weekend, I was crying and I was like, oh my gosh, the world is ending. It just felt that painful. And, and just seeing the divisiveness and seeing everybody fighting has been, um, very heavy as well. So some people are choosing to focus on the violence and the looting of the protests and using it as a scapegoat instead of actually facing the bigger issue at hand, which is the racism in our country. And I've seen this a lot with the people from my hometown, um, bypassing the fact that, um, that the, that we're fighting racism here and just ignoring that and just saying, well, they shouldn't be violent. They shouldn't be doing that. Um, you, you know, you may feel that way and you have the freedom to express your opinion on that. Um, but it also doesn't, mean that you should just ignore the bigger issue at hand and focus on that instead, because that's really a distractor. So um, also some people are angry at the statement, Black Lives Matter, and they're running around the internet stamping all lives matter in response to this. So I had to explain this to my friends on Facebook today to let them know um, that when they see the sentiment Black Lives Matter, it's not to say only Black Lives Matter, because we all know that all lives matter. Um, But what's really going on is that Black lives have been disregarded for such a long time. So right now we're focusing on the sentiment that Black Lives Matter. So when you say to somebody that says Black Lives Matter, all lives matter, what you're really doing is being like that friend 
uh, who, when we say, you know, I had a really bad day and we want to vent about something that happened to us, they say, oh, look, your, you think your day was bad? Wait until you hear about my day. And nobody likes that, friend. So do your research on what the term Black Lives Matter really means and understand that instead of just parroting and, um, and re- replaying the messages that you hear from the other people, maybe on your news feed or that you know personally. Some people also feel conflicted, and I definitely fall into this category because racism and police brutality is an issue that they want to address, and they also believe that all cops are not bad. So they don't know where to stand on the issue. Um, You know, they feel like they have to choose a side. And really the truth is that you don't have to choose a side. You can feel angry about police brutality and want to do something about it. You can feel angry about racism and you can also support the cops that are willing to also face this and help make changes. Um, And many people are also completely ignorant to all of this and they're just parroting the sentiments of the people that they look up to without doing their own research. I used to be one of those people, again, being raised in an oppressive household where I was told Um, that basically all of my feelings and thoughts were wrong and that I shouldn't listen to myself. I should listen to what the men in my life said because they were the wise sources. So people may remain ignorant because they're afraid of confrontation or afraid of speaking out. They feel oppressed by their men. They're afraid of what their husbands or boyfriends or fathers might say if they did speak up or say or do um, because sometimes they can get loud and they can themselves get violent. They feel that they're not smart enough, they feel overwhelmed by all the information, and they don't know where to start. So the reality of all of this is that people are outraged, angry, and they're hurt on both sides of this division. So what do we do from here? First of all, we need to all burn down everything that we think we know and actually start listening. Because as a recovering know-it-all, I know firsthand how dangerous it is to say, oh, I already know that, and just feel that you don't need to listen or learn more. And this is especially important right now as we're facing the issue of racism. Most of us believe that racism was eradicated long ago when slavery and segregation ended, And many people fear being called racist or prejudiced because they think it means they're a horrible person, like it's the worst insult that they can be called. Others believe that racist is a term that only applies to the obvious members of white supremacist groups, which is also why they might feel so offended if called that. But there is so much more to it than that and so many more things that we think do and say on a daily basis that upholds the state of racism in this country. So right now I'm reading two books, which are How to Be an Anti-Racist by Ibram X. Kendi and White Fragility by Robin D'Angelo. And they're helping me understand these issues on a deeper level that I didn't get in my very basic education growing up. So the key as you learn is to recognize when you are feeling defensive, and as you do, drop the story that you're inherently bad for unknowingly spreading racist ideals or having them yourself. But recognize also that you, now that you know better, you can do better, and that's what's most important. 
So this is also important when you're learning about white privilege. So you may hear the statement and say, but I worked hard for what I have based on preconceived notions um, of what you think the words mean. So while I'm sure that you did work hard for what you have, that's not what white privilege is referring to. There are many examples of white privilege with an overlying theme being not having to worry about being discriminated against based on the color of your skin. And better yet, not really having to think about the color of your skin at all. Another example of white privilege is being able to opt out of this conversation fully and to just move on with your life while black people continue to be impacted in major ways. So here's where I personally stand on all these issues, and I share them in hopes that you will also explore and decide where you stand. And also to just let you know, like, if you're part of my community and you don't feel aligned to these beliefs and you want to go elsewhere, please do. That's the important part of speaking up about what we believe in is not only reaching the people that um, are ready to hear the message, but also weeding out the people that bring toxicity into our lives and continue to poison our thoughts and and our lives. So um, I posted this on Facebook this morning and uh, where I stand on all of these issues and just basically said to my friends list, you know, if you don't believe that racism is a real thing or that white privilege doesn't exist and you're not willing to, you don't think you're willing to ever see it any other way, like, please take yourself off of my friends list. And not because I'm afraid to have other people uh, believe things differently than I do, because I'm definitely open to diversity and conversations. But for people that are unwilling to be respectful and unwilling to see other people's sides, I don't want those kind of people in my life. So here's what I believe. I believe racism still runs rampant in our nation, despite our best efforts to deny and turn a blind eye to it. I also believe that not all cops are bad. So if you are a cop or you know a cop or, um, again, you're feeling conflicted because you don't feel that all cops are bad, first of all, just remember that you can't group the actions and beliefs of, you can't base the actions and belief of one person on an entire group and recognize that when you're thinking of um, black people or even people of minorities or Uh, of any sort of group, that if one person is a bad apple or multiple people, you can't just categorize that into saying that they all are. So that being said, if you you want to know as a cop how you can help, some examples are to march and kneel with the protesters whenever possible, allow them to vent, cry, and hear their pain, just really see them and listen. Um, And I've seen a lot of examples of that this weekend, and it's been so beautiful to witness. I've seen articles, I've watched videos, and I think that's, I mean, I cry for a whole different reason when I watch those videos. Call out your colleagues that are contributing to the beliefs, words, and actions that lead to racism, excessive force, and the unnecessary killing of black people. So just like in the case of George Floyd, all of the officers should be arrested and charged because none of them stood out and said, hey, get your knee off of his neck. Don't allow that. Um, And then also vow to educate yourself and become aware of your own prejudices and how they might impact your ability to make decisions in in a situation, in a tense situation where you have to make a quick decision. So I, under, I also understand that looters took advantage of the protests and distracted many people from the real issue at hand. 
recognize that many many of the looters aren't even involved in the protest. They just took advantage of the situation. Some videos that I saw were um, like white boys with skateboards breaking into into stores. Um, I saw a lot of videos where it was black people or white people looting and a black person wasn't even around. Um, I also saw videos where a white guy was taking his skateboard and trying to smash it into a building or into to get into a building to smash the windows. And a group of black guys came and stopped him and pushed him away and didn't allow him to loot that building. Um, and they didn't themselves loot the building, just to make that clear as well. I also saw a video where a black man tried to go in and loot one of the buildings and a group of black men stopped him and pushed him away and they guarded the building so that nobody could further vandalize it. Um, so it's important to be aware of all that as well. I also understand that there were violent protesters and there were violent cops. Both sides played a part in instigating the violence. And I watched a lot of videos on this as well, where a policeman drove his cop car into a crowd and just ran people over where there were peaceful protesters, but because they were in the streets, um, the police immediately started shooting them with rubber bullets and, um, and tear gas. And also I saw another situation where a group of cops lured a group of protesters over by pretending that they were in solidarity, that they were kneeling and that they were with them. So the protesters came closer to, to cheer with them. And, and by closer, I mean they were still a good, I'd say like 12 feet apart, but close enough to where the cops could start opening rubber bullets on them, which I also found really disheartening and really saddening. Um, and then I've also seen and heard of situations where people were throwing water bottles, frozen water bottles at the police and where they were instigating the violence. That was an alarm. So just ignore that. I also recognize that I don't have a better solution for those who've resorted to violence. I will never fully understand their anger or pain. Therefore, I cannot advise them what to do with it. And Jason said something. He made a really good point about this. So I'm going to use somebody in my life as an example without saying a name, <clears throat> but this is a man who feels that, or who's been in a lot of fights throughout his life, um, and feels that if somebody disrespects him, he's going to physically dominate them because he's bigger than most people. And this person, um, ha like Jason was like, okay, so in his situation... When he's been in those fights, he's up against this person and for whatever reason they're drinking or they're not hearing each other and he says something and he's not heard or he feels disrespected and he gets angry and he gets angrier and gets angrier to the point where he fights. How is that any different than the situation that's going on? And that's just to say that um, I'm not saying that violence or fighting is right or condoning that behavior or that it's an action that I would choose. But I'm just saying I understand, and I understand why they would do what they did. I also recognize that it's hypocritical to say that violence is not the answer while openly supporting and condoning war. That's like choosing when you decide that violence is okay and when it's not. I also believe that we all have a lot of learning to do. We all need to examine our prejudices and understand how we play a part in upholding racism and how we can work together to change that. 
We also need to learn how to be anti-racist, not just now while the coals are hot, but really for the rest of our lives. So I had posted this this morning and I just had someone on Facebook argue and she's still um, arguing her point that she's unable to see all sides, as I've shared here, without being called a racist. So if that's how you feel too, I would pay attention to who it is that's calling you racist. Are they educated on what the word actually means? Have you shared your viewpoints about all sides or just one side? Are you truly trying to understand or do you just think that you know and you're just rattling off what you think without actually listening and taking a step back to educate yourself? Now is the time for you to educate yourself on what the word means and explore whether or not you are racist. And once again, if you do recognize that you're part of the problem, just know that you can change it and do better. I also recommend that you don't get caught up in the overwhelming feeling that people are just losing their minds and that causes you to just disregard people or just shut down from the situation at hand. Zoom in and out of different parts of what's going on as necessary to figure out why. There's reasoning behind all of this and all of the feelings and all of the chaos. As long as you just pay attention, you can see it. And it doesn't have to be all or nothing. It can be all or something. There are so many gray areas in this, much like everything else in life. So I've left a list of resources for you in the show notes so that you can further educate yourself and help out wherever needed. You don't have to do it all, but definitely do what you can. So thank you so much for listening and for being a part of my community, for being willing to open up your heart and your mind to new and uncomfortable thoughts and realizations. And I... We'll chat with you again soon.